Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show with our special guest, USF's own Doug Jimison. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Now, this is going to be a little bit different because uh, in this particular podcast, we are not going to be able to see you, but we reserve the right to see your face later when uh, when you're ready. That will be fine, sir. <laughs> awesome. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not non-presentable, <laughs> but, but I expected it to be an audio podcast, so we'll go from there. And the next time I promise you, I'll be presentable. Now this is now this 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 is fine. This will be good. Um, you know, and obviously we're we're very thrilled to have you on. We've been trying to get you on for a while. You're 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 a very busy man. This is what I'd like. Um, so everybody gets to know you pretty quickly. Talk about where you grew up, and I want you to talk a little bit about your mom and dad. I grew up, Bill. I was born and raised in Middletown, Ohio. Uh, mom was from Middletown. Dad was from uh, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. My dad moved to Middletown, uh, I guess, and, and met my mother uh, when she was uh, a teenager. And uh, they got married, and there were eight children born to the union of the Jemison family. I had uh, five sisters and two brothers, and we were all uh, born and raised. Uh, in Middletown, Ohio. Uh, my dad has passed on, uh, my dad passed in, I think it was 94. And my mother is still living uh, and she's uh, 93 years old right now. Uh, my older brother has passed, the one that used to play for the Globetrotters when I was in San Francisco. He has passed on, he passed a couple of years ago. Uh, my younger brother is still around. I had one sister who passed. So I still have a, a four sisters and one brother uh, still living. And that's now, just, just of my family, way Bill. Yeah. Now, what did, what did your dad do for a living? My dad worked at the steel mill in my hometown of Middletown, Ohio. A uh, steel mill used to be known as Armco Steel. It has changed names several times, but he worked and retired from the steel mill. And mom, mom, mom was a mom was a nursing assistant for years in Middletown, Ohio, and uh, then she just came became a, a stay-at-home mom after several years. Oh, nice! Now, I want you to talk about yourself a little bit in in high school. Now, now we knew you played sports, but what kind of kid were you? Were you a sports kid? Were you a, a, a prankster? What? Uh, Bill, <laughs> it's ironic that you asked that question because you played with me so you knew. I was a prankster. Um, I, I really, I, I wasn't into sports. I played peewee football um, growing up, and uh, I didn't really start developing my basketball skills until I was in, in high school. I, I really wasn't into it. Uh, I was a prankster. I was definitely a prankster and a jokester. And to this day, I still am. Now, I don't mind that because uh, it, it is me through life and, and kept me laughing. And, and, and laughter, I think, is the best medicine uh, in any instance. 
So I, I've done well when it comes to that. But high school, I, I, I really wasn't uh, the basketball player that most of my friends were. Um, but I started developing after I started watching guys like uh, Bill Cartwright and following guys like that. That's when I really started uh, to develop an interest. It was, it was all fun and games for me in high school uh, playing sports. I, I quit playing football after Pee Wee because I was a real skinny guy, a, a little frail, and I didn't want to get uh, broken up too bad. So <laughs> I transitioned on to basketball. I really didn't play for an organized team until my junior year in high school. And I, I really started developing after that and, and took an interest in basketball. But I was always a prankster, and every, everything was a joke to me to that point. For the most point, for the most point, it still is. <laughs> hey, who who influenced you basketball wise? I, I I know your brother played. Was it was it him? Was it a coach? Uh, my, my, who's my who brother, was your biggest influence in in high school? Can you, can you, am I still there? Yeah, you're here. Uh, I thought something dropped out. My brother influenced me, but uh, my greatest influence was from guys that uh, weren't close to me for the most part, with just the way it is in, in everybody's life, uh, because you overlook the people who are close to you. Uh, I used to watch when my brother played uh, college basketball. I used to go down to University of Cincinnati and watch him. And there was one guy that really uh, influenced me, and you should know his name. His name was Derek Dickey. Derek ended up playing for the championship team of the Warriors back in, might have been 74, 75, but he was from Cincinnati, Cincinnati area, and I used to watch him when I was in high school all the time. A good friend of mine, Butch Carter, and I used to go down to all the UC games, and at that point, watching those guys, my brother and Derek Dickey and the rest of his teammates I decided I wanted to be on the big court. That's where I wanted to be. Uh, prior to that, I really had no interest in being out there. I really didn't, Bill. Oh, wow. So um, how did you really end up out there and to spend that, that much amount of time? Because obviously you put, put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, what really convinced you that you could be a really good basketball player? After, I, I, when I left high school, this is how my story uh, began. I left high school and I was recruited by the local schools, Wright State, uh, maybe on Dayton's list, Cincinnati, but they weren't really, uh, really after me. I hadn't really developed at that point. And uh, I left uh, I went to Wright State as a freshman, and I left Wright State and transferred. I uh, really wasn't happy there. I really wasn't developing there, and it, it was a starting point for me. And I left Wright State and went to a JUCO in Illinois. And there was nothing to do out there at the JUCO but play basketball and go to school. There was nothing else to do. So I spent a lot of time in the classroom, a lot of time in the gym, and I developed my skills at that point. And uh, it, when I was in JUCO, San Francisco uh, took a look at me and recruited me. And that's when I decided that I was going to San Francisco. Uh, and one of the real reasons, and I'll tell you, Bill, 
there were several other schools recruiting me after that because I had really developed my skills in JUCO. But at the time that I was looking at colleges, there was Bill Cartwright, James Hardy, Winford Boynes, uh, Chubby Cox playing at San Francisco. And those guys were supposed to be the best in the country. And I said, you know what? No matter what happens, I want to play with the best. And that's why I chose University of San Francisco. So let me ask you, if you did not go to, to USF, who would you have ended up going to? I had decided uh, that I was going to play at Baylor University with uh, the microwave, Benny Johnson. We both verbally committed to go to Baylor together. Both of us played uh, junior college basketball. And we met in a junior college all-star game. And we both decided we were going to Baylor. But then San Francisco came into the equation. And I said, whoa, whoa. If they're interested, I'm going. And that's what I decided. Like I said, I looked at who was there. And I was told by several people that if you go to San Francisco, you will not play. They have Bill Cartwright. James Hardy, Winford Boynes, Chubby Cox, they have four All-Americans. You will be on the bench. You know what I told him, Bill? I said, I am going to develop my game, and I will be able to play. I never received any promises from San Francisco, and that's the way I think it should be for all athletes coming into college. San Francisco never promised me anything. I decided that I was going to make myself available and make it put them in a position where I had to play. So I developed my game, watched you guys play, and I decided that I could fit in with those guys. Uh, all of those guys can play, and I could just clean up any of the garbage that those guys have, and I should be able to play, and that's how it worked out. Awesome. So now, so now you're at USF. What were your first impressions uh, when you were there? Oh, oh, I, I always wanted to be a, a California guy. I was very impressed uh, with the people out there, with how open everybody was. Uh, being from Ohio, uh, you're kind of reserved. Um, so people aren't as open. California is almost like it opened my eyes to everything, to the world, because there are so many different types of cultures out there. When I got to USF, it was just... It was a big family. Everybody was family out there. Being from different uh, spectrums, you know, it, it was just, uh, it, and you asked the right question. It was an eye-opening experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. If I had to do it all over again, I would do the same thing again. I would come to USF. Now we had uh, an interesting group over there, as you know, with an interesting group of characters. And luckily, we were a talented basketball team. Um, later on, his junior year, James Winford, they ended up leaving, um, which gave you a great opportunity to play a lot. Do you remember any games that really stood out in your mind? No, no, not really. I, I didn't. I didn't focus on any of that. I was just uh, 
I was happy that I was fortunate enough to be in that starting lineup the two years that I, I played. Um, nothing really stood out because I was always in awe. Remember, I set out a year. Yeah. And I, I had a chance to watch you guys and develop and figure out where I could fit in with you guys. And that's exactly what I did. So once I got on the court, nothing really stood out. I was just uh, really uh, happy to be there. Well, well, I remember a game when we played against North Carolina, and I think you blocked every single shot that they had at the basket. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happened in that situation. You know, back then, they could run the four corners. North Carolina, uh, they were the masters of the four corners. So I think I was the first guy who fell asleep on the four corners. And they would run the four corners, and my man went back door and scored on me. Because you get – it's like watching a maze or, or doing a puzzle. You're just watching the same thing over and over again, and you end, up, you end up falling asleep. I fell asleep. My man went back door. It was embarrassing, so I made my mind up right then. It won't happen again. If anybody goes back door for a layup, I will not allow it. And I didn't. I would not allow it. it. It taught me how to really uh, play weak side defense and help and be held accountable for what you do, you know? Yeah, I I, I do remember that. I, I do remember uh, – I, I can't remember how many shots you blocked. And the, the beauty part is that, you know, the great uh, Dean Smith, who was a great coach, and, and, and Phil Ford, who was a great player, um, we, we, we sent them home with, uh, with, with, with a big loss and a big win for us. We, we did. Uh, and it, it was truly amazing that we were able to do it. And I, I, at that point, I really didn't know what I had done. But I think that the turning point, I think Phil Ford went back door for a layup on somebody. And I came out of nowhere and – a lot of guys do it today. I blocked his shot and caught it and started a fast break for us. I think we may have been down two or four points at that time, but it, uh, you know, rejuvenated us and we just got, we started it. After that, uh, we had the momentum, but I, I really, I enjoyed that game. And, and, and you asked me a question about what one game that I remembered. One game did stand out. Uh, we played BYU and Danny Ainge. The only reason it stands out, out of the blue one day, I received a video uh, tape of that game. I don't know who sent it. Uh, may have been our athletic director, former athletic director, Bill Fusco, but I was in, in Ohio and I received the videotape. And during that game, I think I had, seven or eight dunks in the game. It didn't stand out in my mind, but, you know, after we left college, I ran into Danny Ainge uh, in Atlanta, and we, we talked, and, and I asked Ainge if he remembered playing against us at San Francisco. And, of course, he said, no. He said, I remember. He said, of course, I know Cartwright. I said, well, Danny Ainge, I was on the same team with Cartwright. He said, you know, there was a guy on that team who had a bunch of dunks against us. And I said, Ainge, that was me. <laughs> and he said, wait a minute. 
Jameson? I said, no, not Jameson, Jemison. I said, I I wasn't Jameson, never have been Jameson. I was Jemison. But that stood out in his mind, and that's one of the games I do remember a lot because we weren't expected to beat them, and, it, you know, it worked out well for us. So now you're leaving USF. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you thinking you're going to get drafted? You know, uh, what was your mindset? Uh, I can tell you, Bill, honestly, uh, playing college basketball, it was never, never an ambition of mine to play pro basketball. It, it just wasn't. I was just uh, happy to be there. A lot of guys uh, put their all, all their eggs in that basket. It was never an ambition of mine. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. And it's just leaving USF, I was still amazed that, uh, that I was drafted. Of course, I was drafted my junior year by New Jersey. And I came back and played my senior year and went to camp in New Jersey and, and got cut. And, you know, sometimes it, not everybody can make it. But I got cut and I uh, – I went on overseas. Uh, I didn't have an issue with that. It, it was just, I thought it was just a part of the process, part of life. You just take your steps, you know, take a licking and keep on ticking. <laughs> so talk about where you went, why you went there, and what was your experience your first year overseas? Because a lot of guys going over there, they, it's, they, they, they can't do it. The first year I went over, Bill, I went, I can't remember if I went to Holland first or Finland first, but I've always been a, an adventurous guy. So uh, when Holland called or Finland, there was no hesitation. I went right on overseas and, and went over there just to play basketball to experience. Uh, the experiences I've had with my travels have been, they've just been amazing, man. Uh, uh, I tell people all the time, regardless of what happens in my life, I feel like I've had a fantastic voyage. Some guys are millionaires. Some guys don't make a dime. You put me somewhere in between and I'm satisfied, you know? <laughs> so it was a fantastic voyage. I played a couple of years overseas. And after that, I, I came back to the United States and played a year or two in the, in the semi-pro league. And then I, I went to work. I worked several years as a technician for Xerox Corporation. And after that, of course, when I ran it to you again, I was a special assistant to Butch Carter with the Toronto Raptors. And that was an experience. And uh, after that. Hey, hey, talk about that a little bit. What was that like? Because uh, you guys were up in Toronto. You guys had a good team. Talk about who was there and uh, what was that like? Bill, that, that was really amazing at the time that I was there. And, and, and I. I count my blessings. Butch Carter and I played in high school together. We were best friends growing up. Uh, I took him under my wing when he was a, a freshman in high school. And he always told me, if I ever get a coaching job, Doug, because that was his ambition. If I get a coaching job, I want you to come and coach with me. And he felt we'd coached in high school together. He got that coaching job, and he said, your duties will be to train the big guys how to play inside. I said, Butch, I'm only 6'6". But you know, Bill, playing with you, I love playing around a basket. 
I was trying to get as close as I could get. So uh, I, I coached the big guys. Uh, it's amazing you've been there that some of those big guys don't have individual moves. Even once they, if they reach the uh, NBA, you'd be amazed at how many guys don't have uh, skills to play inside. So I was in charge of helping uh, Kevin Willis and Antonio Davis, uh, two guys to speak of. Kevin had been in there several years, but he asked me to teach him some moves, inside moves. And I, I think I was a master at that, playing inside. I love playing inside around the basket. And uh, the experience there, man, with those guys, we had, I called it a traveling circus. We, we had an amazing team. We had Vince Carter. We had Trace McGrady. We had Oakley, Charles Oakley. We had D Brown. We had uh, Dale Curry, the, you know, the, the father of the Curry, Curry brothers. We had Muggsy Bowles. We had an amazing team, and it was the first time that team had gone to the playoffs. And the experience, man, I, 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 like I said, uh, experiences like that, I, I would do over again. I wouldn't trade them for anything, anything in the world. It was, it was just a truly amazing experience. Uh, most of the things that people hear about in the NBA, you need to amplify that by 10 times. Uh, because it's not many people get to experience that. You and I got to run into each other again, and and we saw several other uh, teammates in our traveling. But that experience, man, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I loved it. <laughs> so how how long were you were you with them down there, Toronto? Yeah, two years. Two years. Two years, and 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 Butch Carter at that time was relieved of his duties. Uh, um. I don't know what the real reasons were, but he, he hired me. So once he got relieved of his duties, I, I was sitting at home in the summertime. And I get a call that said, hey, uh, Toronto is about to fire Butch Carter. And I said, well, uh, if he's fired, I'm fired <laughs> because he hired me. So I never pursued it again. Uh, coaching in the NBA, I, I enjoyed every every minute of it, the, uh, what I was doing and, and some of the guys that I've coached can attest to that. They enjoyed it. Some of those guys that were making millions of dollars, they, they came to me after the season and said, thanks to what you did for me, Doug. And I said, hey, I didn't do anything. I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I did what Butch was paying me to do. And that that's an incredible experience, man. And, you know, a lot of people on the outside uh, looking in, they can never, they, they can never imagine what that was about. You were there, you were there, uh, you know, several years. So you know what it's about. You know what it's about. So, yeah, it is. It is a great challenge uh, every night. Great players. Uh, you guys had a, a really good team, so uh, that had to be a lot of fun. And but unfortunately, in the NBA, you've, you know, all professional sports, you got to win. They got to win. And we were, we were. <laughs> yeah. And even, and even in that, you got to, you, you know, you got to win the championship. So it's a business. Uh, it's, it's, it's a real high expectation. Hey, you've alluded to this before, and I'm going to go back to that. Can you talk a little bit about your brother, Jesse? Because I never knew 
his story, and I never knew anything about the Globetrotters. Can you talk about him a little bit? My brother, my brother, uh, he was four years ahead of me. Uh, he played his high school ball in Middletown, Ohio, and, and he played his college ball at the University of San Francisco with Derek Dickey. They had one heck of a team uh, there, and after he left college, he went to uh, went on to play for the Globetrotters. In fact, when I was at San Francisco, he used to send me jerseys, official Globetrotter jerseys, uh, to San Francisco. Oh wow! I've got pictures. I think I've got pictures of you and I when those jerseys on. Um, he sent me a couple of jerseys, and what's crazy about it, my name was on the back. And everybody said, that's an official jersey. Where'd you get that? I said, my brother's playing for the Globetrotters. Make long story short, we were on campus one day, Bill, and, and Bill Cosby was on campus playing tennis. And he saw me in that, in that Globetrotter jersey and said, hey, where'd you get that? I said, my brother. And he didn't believe it. And we took a couple pictures and whatnot. And I think my brother ended up running into Bill Cosby at one of the shows they were doing, one of the games they were playing someplace. And uh, he, yeah, he played several years for the Globetrotters. And then he went on to uh, come back to Middletown, Ohio too. And uh, he, he passed away uh, like three years ago, um, but he was a great influence in my life. He was always there for me. He was always, uh, he, he, he told me, he, he also he helped me decide to go to San Francisco. He said, hey, if I were you, I'd go ahead and go there too. <laughs> the best guys are out there. That's what you guys are. You guys recruited me. You guys were number one in the country. But getting, getting back to your, your question about my brother, uh, he ended up having, uh, I think it was arteriosclerosis. It's a condition that causes hardening of the arteries, I think, in the upper extremities or lower extremities. And, and uh, he, he, you know, he got worse from there. His, his circulation in his lower extremities uh, got really bad. And they had to amputate and uh, amputate one leg and then the other. And after that, he decided he didn't want to do anything more pertaining to that. Uh, he's mm -hmm. done with that. And that just, just took him away from here. What took him away from here? Yeah, yeah. He, he sounded like a great, great person. Obviously a talented individual. Hey, Doug, talk about what are you doing now? I am Bill. I am senior install technician for a company out of Dayton. Our company is called Sean. Uh, Tech communications, and we install communications equipment in nothing but jails and prisons all over the United States. Uh, I have been coast to coast. I've been doing it now for almost 20 years. Um, I have to be there to make sure these guys install the equipment properly. Uh, right now, all of the inmates coast to coast are getting tablets. Uh, I'm sorry, Bill. Uh, all the inmates are getting tablets and we have to go into every prison, install the uh, wireless access points and upgrade the network for these tablets to connect to. Uh, and we've been doing it for 
years and years. Um, so I, I'm doing that. I still have no desire to retire because uh, it's an easy job and they've taken care of me over the last 20 years the company has. So I travel a lot. I've been coast to coast. I've been out there in uh, California. We did the California Institute for Women years ago. I've been Idaho. I've been Washington. I've been Montana. I've been, we did all the prisons in and around Vegas a few years ago. I was out there. We've done several in California. In fact, we have a team out there right now. I think they're up in, they're up in, uh, they're staying near Fresno, I think. Anyway, I've been to Maine, from Maine to Florida. All we do is prisons and jails. And I'm very uh, pleased that, you know, what I'm doing. I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. So those tablets you guys put in, what do they do? Do they, I think they scrambled phone lines. Is that right? No, no, no. The tablets, no, we're, we're putting in, we're putting in the, the network right now for the tablets. The inmates get tablets so that they can uh, correspond with their families. They can download movies. Oh, they, wow. They stream movies. They, uh, video visits on those tablets they can make phone calls they play games everything that we can do on our tablets they can do on theirs but they have to pay for these services you may get a couple of free games but we have to go into the to the prison and install the network for these tablets um, all, all the tablets have to connect uh, to to a, a network that uh, is approved by the prisons and the tablets connect to the network that we install. They don't have open access to Facebook, Google. There's law libraries on these tablets. Like I said, there's movies, there's games. They can make, make phone calls, but they have to pay for every feature on those tablets. The inmates have to pay for it. So our company is one of the few companies in the country that installs the inmate services because with any company that goes into prisons, you have to have uh, you have to be cleared. You have to have clearances, and and a lot of companies can't get their guys cleared. If you got anything on your record, you cannot enter these prisons. So every employee that goes into these prisons has to be cleared. You know, background clearance for everything. You've got a speeding ticket, anything like that. You're not getting in that prison. So our company kind of stands out when it comes to that because anybody that works for us has to be cleared and nothing on their record. And so I, I've been doing that for almost 20 years. I really enjoy it. I travel a lot for the last year and a half. We've been doing the Ohio prison. So I've been in and around home a lot. So, but I don't, I've always traveled all my life. A lot of people ask me, you know, how did I end up with all the way in California from Ohio. Didn't I get homesick? When I got out there with you guys, man, you guys made it like home. So I didn't miss Ohio at all. Uh, you know what, Bill? I really should have stayed out there. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people ask me, uh, what do you like the most? And I tell them a lot of times, I say, you guys really don't know. I'm a West Coast guy. I'm from Ohio, but I'm a West Coast guy. I love California, man. I'm a West Coast guy. Uh, yeah, there's there's uh there's there's no snow out here. Well, I tell you what, Bill, there's no snow, but man, some of the earthquakes. I you know, of course, I was in a couple of earthquakes out there. 
with you guys, but my, my younger brother, if I can allude to him, my younger brother lives in Panama City, Florida. My younger brother was an air traffic controller for 20 years. He did 20 in the Air Force and 20 as, I mean, 10 as a civilian. And he has had to evacuate in Panama City a couple, he was worried this week that he would have to evacuate. But yeah. he did. Uh, two to three years ago when they had the last big uh, hurricane, he got hit in Panama City and he just finished repairing his house from that hurricane. So when you talk about snow and heat, I would prefer the snow over coming back and not knowing if my house is still there. You know what I mean? And of course, the earthquakes, you can't get away from well, those, but well, let's not get crazy with the earthquakes because we uh, we, we only have been we only have you know three, four months of snow at the most. For the most part, the winters in Ohio have been mild for the last, I would say, 10 winters. They haven't they haven't been bad. Uh, you know, the winter it almost seems like it just ended and it's about to start again, but it wasn't bad uh, where I live, Middletown, Ohio. For the last couple of years, I haven't had to use my snowblower maybe three or four times to clear the snow. But I'm not not there, but my wife will use she'll clear snow. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple more years because uh, for one thing you travel, and another thing you're getting older, and and like my bones, they don't move too well in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the doctor told me that I'm not going to get any faster. And uh, he said, uh, a motor is, is good, but my transmission is bad. <laughs> There's no replaceable parts. Hey, Doug, talk about your family, your immediate family. My immediate family? Yeah. I've been married for ooh, 34 years. Something to that effect. Wow. That's... Uh, that's that's 68 years. That's 34 for her. 34 for me. That's 68. I have one son, one child, and my son uh, is an independent um, videographer for all, all the networks. He works for ESPN, Fox Sports. Uh, worked for the. He's on the Cincinnati Red staff, Bengals camera staff. He 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 runs camera for every staff every video staff in the country, Fox, everybody. Um, he has his drone license. He graduated University of Cincinnati in engineering, computer science, and he uh, he is on the go, man. I only have one child, that's it. That's it, and he's doing well. He lives in Cincinnati, and, and he does well for himself. Now he's uh, 32 years old, and that's about it as far as my immediate family. Uh, my wife is a retired teacher. She's been retired for 10 years. She taught language arts uh, for 30 years, and she has retired, and she's just uh, a stay-at-home wife. She travels with me sometimes and worries the heck out of me. Hey, where'd you guys meet? In high school. High school, wow. Yep, we were high school sweethearts for a couple years, and then uh, after I left... Uh, High school, uh, we split up, and she went on to college, and she graduated uh, from Memphis State University. 
master's in education and she's she taught for 30 years like i said and, and she's been retired for now 10 years so uh we were really high school sweethearts i think we met when i was i was 16 she might she may have been 14 and we we dated for a couple of years and then we we split when i went to school and she went to school and when i came back from college we ran into each other again and and the rest is history <laughs> Oh, that's 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 amazing. Well, Doug, I want to thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward to maybe this year we're going to get you out back out of here to see a Don's game. I will definitely yeah. promise you, Bill. I can come out for a Don's game. I can do that. I would, man. It was a, uh, it would be such an enjoyment to come out there and see this. I, I've followed them for years. Of course, you know that. Every time, every time the Dons are on TV, I get calls from all over the country. Hey, USF's on TV, man. <laughs> and I was so happy that they finally made the tournament again. Of course, the coach left again. But I, I, I've been trying, Bill, for years to look at different players. Guys are so afraid to travel from coast to coast and go somewhere far away from home. A lot of guys want to be near home nowadays, man. Play so the families can see them. I wanted to get away from home. <laughs> yeah, I decided where I, it didn't bother me to come to the West Coast. I, like I said, that was if a lot of guys would think like that, man, they would, you know, a lot of these schools would be a lot better because they just don't know what they're missing, especially out there in San Francisco. Yeah, just the scenery alone. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a special place. But thank you, Doug, so much. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll get to see you very soon. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me. And go USF. And I'll always be a Don and a West Coast man. <laughs>